Hey folks, greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Secure IT 360, coming at you with a new episode of the Cyber Threat Perspective. Today, uh, you have myself, Spencer, and Darius again uh, to talk about a wonderful subject of AI and chatbots and all good things. Uh, as always, if you find this information useful to you or uh, entertaining, educational, fun, whatever, uh, you can support us with subscribing or following the podcast and sharing it with uh, your network. So yeah, uh, we started talking about this in the last couple of days. There's been some new developments with AI. Uh, so we're going to be talking about AI, particularly a, a specific type of AI, an AI chatbot called ChatGPT. So if you haven't heard, uh, just recently ChatGPT was uh, announced and released and it's a prototype AI chatbot that has been developed by a company called OpenAI. And it focuses on usability and dialogue, according to their website. Uh, the dialogue format makes it possible for ChatGPT to answer follow-up questions, admit its mistakes, challenge incorrect premises, and reject inappropriate requests. Now, this is information right from their website. Uh, so AI is not new, right? Uh, this is something that's been in development for a long time. You hear AI all the time in InfoSec, right? There's all sorts of AI buzzwords going around. In uh, chatbots themselves are not new either, right? You might be familiar with chatbots uh, for like your insurance company. You say, hey, I need a new quote for my insurance. And then they take all your information and, you know, do it through a chatbot, right? On Facebook or, or whatever. So this is not new. And, you know, Darius and I are definitely not, you know, AI experts or, uh, you know, deeply technical computer scientists or anything like that. But uh, our first impressions of this have been uh, one of uh, like jaw dropping, right? <laughs> like For when sure. you first look at this, uh, it's like pretty incredible what it's done. And it's clearly one of the most advanced AI chatbot, you know, things that have come out in recent years. Uh, and so, Darius and I want to talk about that. This what that's what this episode's going to be about. Uh, you know, talk about a little bit about the warnings and limitations of the chatbot. We'll talk about the use cases and what we see the use cases being for our job for pen testing, for offensive security, but also for other fields as well, like you know, blue team and things like that. We'll give some detailed examples and kind of go into how we plan to use this, how we've already used it and, and played around with it. And then we'll talk about the impact on InfoSec, the impact on business and humanity, <laughs> civilization as we know it. And uh, then we'll wrap it up. So Darius, uh, thanks for joining me again. Uh, what are your first impressions of this? Yeah, so first impressions, um, it's just insane how powerful this tool is. Uh, like you like you touched on, I mean, this isn't the first chat bot that's existed. There are tons of them. Um, I remember using one called Replica last year. Um, but I think the interesting thing about, you know, this one in particular is just how much knowledge it possesses. It seems to be geared differently um, than other chat bots that I've experienced in the sense of, you know, earlier you talked about how, you know, you may have a chat bot for an insurance policy, or, you know, you have some chat bots that are focused more so on just having a human conversation and being more of a friend. Um, this one, it's like a chat bot 
combined with the entirety of Google. And that's just truly what makes it impressive. The fact that you can just give it a loose scenario and it's able to pretty much give you a full product and a conversation all in one. Um, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think is, is interesting too, is how quickly, uh, something like this goes viral. You know, people are sharing screenshots on Twitter. They're sharing different ways to, uh, to use it and abuse it. They're showing different ways to get around the, uh, like the privacy or not the privacy, the security implications, right? If it, you, if you tell it, you know, how do I make a Molotov cocktail? It's like, well, you know, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. But then there's ways around it. Right. Which leads me into the next point. The next discussion point is some limitations. There's definitely limitations and there's definitely things to be cognizant of uh, with AI, with chatbots. And, uh, you know, from their website, a couple of their limitations I'll read off is, you know, sometimes, you know, and this is evident when you see people sharing screenshots and sharing what they've done with it is sometimes the answers that it gives is really good (laughs) or it sounds really good, but uh, they can many times be incorrect or wrong or just don't make sense. Right. They're silly. Uh, So that's an interesting part too. Right. Darius is like, you give it a prompt or you ask it a question and it comes up with some reasonably, you know, verbose message and it makes you think that it's correct. And since you're asking it, you probably don't know the correct answer or you're looking for something to help, help you find the correct answer. So you might not realize that the answer that it gives you is actually wrong. Yep. Um, at the, at the end of the, but to that point though, I think it's really interesting is at the, you know, at the end of the day, even when it gets a wrong answer, it's technically learning and improving. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how it goes over time. I know personally, I found myself uh, asking it to, you know, create a, create different scenes from Seinfeld, and to the point <laughs> of it being nonsensical, or you, you know, like yeah, like do the scenes always make sense? No, but it is it is entertaining when they at least someone is able to somewhat replicate the feeling of, you know, yep. George Costanza, right? Like it's, it's, yep. it's like halfway there, but it's definitely, but yeah, it's definitely not a hundred percent to where, you know, you could feasibly say, you know, Hey, write me a, a movie that's going to top the box office. Probably not yep. there yet for sure. Yep. Um, another, Boy, good, another for, one. good for inspiration though, right? Like you can oh, create yeah. a prompt to create some inspiration to then create that thing, right? It's like, you don't know what question to ask, so you ask it. You ask the AI something to kind of spur, spur your inspiration, and then you take that and run with it. Yep, exactly. Which that kind of leads into, I think, something we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Um, but no, another limitation is it's um, it's sensitive to how you phrase things, which can be both a good and a bad thing. You know, you talk yep. about potential. Um, you know, bypasses, right? Like it has controls in place. Um, one bypass I've noticed is if you tell it, oh no, I'm doing this for testing or for yep. a demo. It's like, oh, okay, well, here's this malicious thing that you wanted. Yep. Um, I saw someone, have it. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone post recently, like, how do I break into a house? And it's like, well, that's bad. Don't do that. And then it was like, no, 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 no. I just want to protect my house. And I was like, okay, here's how, 
here's how the things to defend against. So it's like, yeah. Or like, uh, one I've seen is the movie script, right? Like I'm writing a movie script for this, you know, mob boss guy and he wants to do this thing. And, you know, I was like, here, here's the recipe for doing this thing or like robbing a bank or whatever it is. You just put like, yeah, for testing purposes only or whatever the, the, the case might be to, to kind of get around that. I think it's, it's kind of funny as well. Yeah. I think it's just important for people to realize, you know, it's, Yes, we're using human language to interact with it, but it's not human. It's still, at the end of the day, it's code. It's a whole bunch of different algorithms. And so, you know, it's not going to be able, currently at least, not going to be able to think, wait a minute, that's suspicious. You know, you need to go through the appropriate channels. It's just not, it's just not there yet. Yep. Yeah. Which, which leads us to kind of the next point of this, this, section is the warnings, right? We talked about limitations and warnings. One of the warnings or one of the things to be cognizant of is something that we talked about uh, earlier on an internal meeting was, you know, lack of morals, right? AI is void of beliefs and uh, context and social norms and morals, you know? So uh, ethics, right? As you had mentioned, Darius, it's it, it lacks those things. So when you say, "Hey, create a Molotov cocktail," it's like, "Well, that, that's bad. You probably shouldn't do that." It knows that Molotov to- cocktails, you know, can create damage and, and cause uh, damage, inflict pain or, or death, even. And you know, it knows some of those things based on the qualities of the thing that you're asking, but it doesn't know that like you probably shouldn't just create a Molotov cocktail and go throw it in somebody's house. Uh, so it gives you the answer that you're looking for because you know that's it tries to provide you facts for the question that you're answering. Uh, so one of the things to be mindful of, uh, and one of the things that I think scares us, right. <laughs> and we'll talk about kind of in the, in the end of the episode of the impact and what this looks like maybe going forward. One of the things that kinds of scare kind of scares us maybe, you know, as human beings is that uh, AI and, and these chatbots lack morals. Yeah. I, I, and it's like, how do you, See, that's such a philosophical thing because then it's like, well, how do you <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, how, how, how do you develop that? It's just, oh man, we could rabbit trail. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if anybody, man, if yeah. anybody's taken philosophy in college or anything and wants to have a philosophical discussion for the podcast, maybe that's an episode we do. Yeah, you know, at what point do we consider AI a living being? I mean, who, who knows? <laughs> 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 but uh, keeping us on, 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 on topic though, uh, Potential and possible uses. Um, yeah, like what, what, do, what are you thinking, Spencer? Yeah, so being a pen tester, uh, my natural inclination was, you know, how do I do things to uh, help with my job or do help me do things that I would do on a normal basis, but speed it up, help me be more efficient, more accurate, things like that. Uh, a couple of the ideas that I had that I wanted to share were obfuscating code. Right. If I tell uh, the chatbot to, you know, I, I paste a, a snippet of code in there and I say, hey, chatbot, replace all the function names, the variable names, the strings with random characters or obfuscate it in some way or use base 64 or uh, encoding these strings or whatever uh, in order to obfuscate it. I can, you know, quickly prototype what an obfuscated uh, piece of code would look like. Another one I think is really interesting too is creating word lists really quickly just based on some information. So you give it uh, a company name, 
their demographics, like where the company's located, maybe where their offices are, the time of the year, sports teams. You know, you give it a whole bunch of data and say, hey, spit out a word list that I can use to, you know, test passwords uh, and it'll spit it out, you know, instantly, right? So those are some of the things I think are interesting. Uh, the other thing I think is interesting too is, and I know we have a long list, so we probably won't be able to go through every single scenario, but the other one that I thought was interesting is regex, right? We use, I use regex all the time when I'm searching through files or, you know, snooping file shares, looking for, uh, credentials, right? I get a, I get a dump of a whole bunch of files and I want to search them. Uh, maybe I want some complex regex expression to search for certain things or certain extensions. Now I don't have to struggle with regex 101. I could just go to chat GPT, be like, how do I do this again? You know, and it'll, it knows things like reverse lookups and knots and, you know, all those things that you maybe you can remember, but are not super good at it. Uh, so those are some of the things I think are, are kind of neat for, for my day to day. Um, but what about you, Darius? Uh, so initially, um, meant payloads just like hey give me a list of payloads i think that's really cool even yep. even from like an understanding of a from a code perspective so i put my put myself in the shoes of let's say i'm a new um developer or a new web app pen tester and i come across a framework i'm not familiar with being able to just ask hey can you tell me about this framework and potential vulnerabilities that right there is is huge. And even yep. getting to the point of like, Hey, you know, spit me out a, a vulnerable function so that I can play with it to then yep. really understand it to then go actually attack a web app that uses yep. that framework. I mean, that right there is, and it's is different from Google, value, right? Like you search that yeah. on Google and you get results that are ranked based on SEO and you get ads at the top. And like, you could find that information by searching Google, but this gives you it's like you're talking to a developer, right? Because they're giving yep. you the answer, specifically what you're looking for, not the one that ranks best in Google or has the best SEO or best whatever. And the biggest thing is just the fact that it will actually write the function for you. Like that <laughs> yeah. right there, it's just, it's, it's, it's huge, um, especially if you're just starting out. Um, and, you know, from, a, I guess, a, a blue team and or like defender standpoint, there's some pretty cool things, pretty cool ways you could um, implement this within your workflow. Yep. Um, let's say, you know, you have a list, you have this just a whole bunch of security logs. Hey, write me a script to help parse this for, yep. for, you know, parts, get all the IPs out of this, all these, out of these windows logs. Yep. Um, you know, Hey, help me create a Yara rule um, based around certain activity. Um, and, what I personally think it's cool is, you know, utilizing AI to make AI to where you can say like, Hey, help me write an algorithm to, um, to give a reputation of, you know, bad, good to a list of IPs based on yep. a criteria of like location or whatever. And then you can even say, take it a step further and say, Oh, and also give me a pipe, you know, go ahead and create a Python model for me. Um, and then boom, you can now, essentially utilize AI somewhat in your workflow for analyzing IPs. Um, yep. So tons of potential. The potential is, is kind of limitless. It's just, it's just a matter yep. of, you know, what you imagine and um, asking the right questions so that you get what you're looking for. Yep. Yeah. You know, putting my GRC hat on for a minute, my ISO hat, uh, I think about policies and procedures too for, for defenders or blue teams. One of the hardest things I think that, 
uh, from a GRC standpoint is just coming up with language, right? Creating language to add to a policy for something that you're doing, right? It's just not something that, uh, you know, a, a security practitioner uh, is necessarily good at just, you know, out of the gate, right? Coming up with language for policies and procedures, uh, you know, is, is a really interesting use case as well. And it's kind of along the lines of phishing, right? You know, we use uh, chat GPT. We can use chat GPT for phishing and pretext, right? To come up with some fancy language for phishing emails and SMS and, and things like that. We can do the same thing for policies and procedures for the blue team, for the defenders. You know, write me a policy or an executive summary for a report or a policy for this or a policy for that. Uh, so I think that's interesting as well as being able to use it for reporting and analysis, um, you know, creating cliff notes from meetings and, and all sorts of interesting things that you would never think of. But it's like you take this, you know, the meeting notes or you take this report and it's like, hey, summarize this report to me for me in like an executive summary, et cetera, et cetera. That is a game changer. Yeah, you, you, right. Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like you, you have some pen test report, right? You have the executive summary, or maybe it's like a detailed report. It's like summarize this report for me, you know, in five bullets, and show me, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever. Man, that's t- terrifying. It's extremely cool, but yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. Um, in the in the same vein, yeah. Uh, so I guess let's talk about. I guess impact uh we could talk a little bit about the impact on you know now that now that i mean it's always existed but now that it's getting better and it's still crazy to me that this is just a prototype for it to be a prototype man like insane yeah um but for me as far as impact goes it's um it's it can kind of be split up into different categories right You, you have you have your your known knowns and then you also have you know which you don't know. Um, and maybe we can talk a little bit, a bit just about like what we kind of foresee yeah. on the horizon. Um, one of the first things I kind of see is that it's going to be interesting moving forward where, you know, less knowledge may be required for certain positions. And what I mean by that is um, maybe for a junior position now, you know, maybe less coding knowledge is required because you can utilize AI to kind of assist with that. That yep. being said, you know, uh, double-edged sword, you don't want it to be a crutch. Um, you know, right. what, what happens when it's like, yeah, I've been a developer for five years. Now, granted, most, you know, the bulk of the time, my code has just been written by, you AI. know, AI. And I've just been kind of, you know, I know how to plug and play and modify it to an extent. But, you know, it's like what happens with that knowledge? Because you still ultimately need that deeper level knowledge and even a foundational knowledge yep. to really be good at what you do. But, you know, does that even matter in the future where you have AI to kind of handle it for you? Right. So, um, yeah, I think I, we can imagine. Think, yeah. I think we can imagine a world where there's both, where there's, you know, the, there's the group that, that doesn't have the development experience and they use AI and they implement things. And then I think there's another group that, like you said, that is deeply technical and understands how to prompt and how to write, uh, code and, and develop things. So I think it's interesting what you're bringing up. It's going to be, it's, I imagine the future, I'm only 27 now. Um, but I imagine as I get older, I might be the, the, the mid slash senior person one day that's going like, man, these new guys, they, they don't know how to, 
write code anymore. They're just relying on AI. Yep. And like back in my day, we did it. We did. We wrote our functions manually and we liked it. Like, it's just, it's interesting <laughs> to see what's going to happen. I can't wait. Future generations. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see on LinkedIn, like senior AI developer. And it's like, that person isn't the person creating the AI. They're a developer from writing prompts to create the code. <laughs> and, and, and it, it, that's, I mean, that's kind of the future that it looks like we're heading towards. Um, you know, and last thing I'll say just from a coding perspective is, um, man, inter- the interview process is going to have to change. You know, I look at some of the, uh, like a lot of the fang companies and they're like, Hey, in order to even get your, to even talk to somebody, you need to complete a challenge. Okay. Right. That's fine. Yeah, give me any leap code challenge you want. I'm just going to take the prompt and, yep. you know, give it to open GPT. And then, yeah, here's, I answered your question, you know, hire me. Yep. So that's going to be interesting to see how the interview process changes um, as a yep. result, as AI gets better. Um, I think something else that we'll, that we'll see on the horizon is uh, h- how we approach problems will change. Yeah. Um, so you touched on it earlier. You know, one of the first things we do when we 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 run into a problem is I'm going to do a Google search and I'm going to dig through as many sources as I can until I can figure out um, my answer. Um, but that changes now. It's no longer a Google search. It's how do you query the AI to right. answer your question or to do what you need it to do, um, and which may eventually be a skill that's needed. You know, we talk about Google Foo and Google Dorking. Yep. Maybe the next one is AI foo. You know. Yeah. What do you call it, that? by the way? Like, <laughs> what do you call being able to uh, write AI prompts? Is that are you a prompter or like we we need to we need to go on the record and define some name like Google dorking is a thing that was coined by somebody I forget who I apologize apologize but we need the equivalent of Google dorking for writing API prompts or writing AI prompts. So what is it, Darius? Oh, well, we. I know a perfect place to ask that question and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we need like a, like a cool slang term for somebody uh, who writes uh, AI prompts or like when you're writing AI prompts. I wonder if it's just, I guess, it, I guess it's not machine learning engineer. I mean, maybe that's what it is currently. I, I don't know. That's an excellent But you question. know, like Google dorking is just like, yeah, it's Google searches. <sighs> AI prompt, it like prompting. <laughs> is that a, prompting or ai prompting or uh i don't know ai, AI prompting sounds kind of boring but i mean it's hey you accurate. heard it here first it's 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 officially called ai prompting from here on ai out. prompting <laughs> uh i don't know if you're listening and you have ideas put them in the comments or like tweet at us or, or post on linkedin or something if you have any ideas for that i'm terrible at like name ideas but you know we should just ask chat gpt what they would what it would call itself for sure. But yeah, um, uh, getting back to the topic at hand of, of impact, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, no longer do you, you're going to search for Google, you go to chat and, uh, you ask it based on prompts. So knowing how to write those prompts is going to be really important going forward. And, and I think we can see that in a number of different areas, asking the right question, and we talked about this before. There was a video that I shared by Ipsec who had a sim. He he had a video for Hack the Box University CTF that's going on, and he said in his video that like you know asking the right questions and thinking outside the box is a really important skill as a hacker, as a pen tester, or as anybody. It's a life skill. 
right? So knowing the question to ask is going to be more important than just knowing what to search for or whatever. So I think that's going to be an important skill going forward for sure. Agreed. Uh, I think something else that we know as far as impact is it's going to kind of change the infosec landscape a little bit in terms of now there are new security concerns. Um, So, you know, you touched on it earlier, but the first one is, you know, this is the Nigerian prince's what, you know, dream, right? If I'm struggling with a certain language, if I'm across the world, I can now, I now have something that's going to essentially write my email for me. It's going to be somewhat grammatically correct. You can even ask it to, you know, become a little bit more personal and use, you know, certain regional dialects. Um, And, you know, that's just really, it's going to make, it's going to become a lot more challenging for end users to be able to discern, wait a second, is this, is this, is this phishing or is this an actual email? Yeah. Um, Write this email as a pirate. (laughs) Right. Like it's, it it can do that. And it's just, it's, it's cool, but you know, it's definitely going to change things a little bit. Um, something else that I think will be interesting is, you know, that using it to aggregate public information to create, you know, curate, curated list um, about your firm that can then be used, you know, maliciously um, to kind of further, you know, other types of attacks. So that's going to be, you know, fairly interesting once, you know, what happens once there are models out there yep. that can go and detect like, you know, hey, based upon all this information that I pulled down about the company and you know the CEO and user and the users that I was able to find. You know, try this yep. or you know it's just it's it's going to be it's crazy where 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 we're heading to. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, I, I so I just asked Chat GPT what you know the funny slang term for AI prompting would be, and they said AI Nader, like Terminator, like AI Terminator. But I then mean, I that, thought of, you know, AI anator, uh, like, you know how uh, Doofenshmirtz or whatever that was that <laughs> Brad was talking about yesterday, like AI anator, <laughs> something I like mean, that. I, that's a cool job title. I mean, can I, can I change my job title to, to something like that? I mean, yeah. ter- having something like Terminator or Nader in your t- job title. Or I mean, AI Promptinator. Cool. Ooh, I, I like that one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking a way off tangent, but I had to think about it and capture that. So now I can we can go back and no, no, no. These that. are these are the important questions, Spencer. Absolutely, <laughs> it's like ASCII art right in your tool. Like that's the first thing you make. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Um, there have actually been plenty of times where I have the ASCII art, but I haven't finished the project. But <laughs> um, but then, and the last thing I just want to say from like a security concern. And something that we have to consider is at the end of the day, um, it's AI. It knows how to write code. It knows how to come up with suggestions and do things because of other human interactions that it has. It's all just essentially trial and error until eventually it hits a you know a, um, a confidence level of like, okay, I know that when I see these keywords, um, I'm going to basically say this, right? At the, you know, yep. I'm oversimplifying it, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. And so I think what another security concern that we we'll have to be careful about is what are, especially as end users start to use it more and more, is how are people within the company utilizing it? And, you know, potentially what company secrets or sensitive information are they just giving away to a third party? <laughs> right. Um, you know, whether you're a developer and it's like, I, it's, you know, 
I need help writing something like, hey, debug my code, copy, paste, you yep. know, that's been sent somewhere. Um, and, you know, yep. who knows what's being done with it. Um, yep. Even similar for, you know, if you start to deal with, I think from like a HIPAA perspective, because um, I was, uh, Nicole and I were talking about this yesterday of like, you know, what about what happens with like patient information or patient data or like, you know, just things from that perspective. Um, yep. Where, you know, you, maybe you send off, you know, you ask a question of like, hey, I have a patient with these symptoms, you know, what could it possibly be? Um, mm-hmm. You know, just, it just, the possibilities are endless. And at the end of the day, I really think it's, you know, we're going to have to really think about the fact that if we are using it, what's happening with the data? Yep. Yeah, is it sitting out in S3 bucket somewhere where everybody could just query it and just find everything that everybody has ever created? And it's just linked to everybody's Google account or whatever. And it's like, oh, nice, cool. This yeah. is this is what so and so was searching. And you just have like a it's like it's like looking at somebody's browser history. You know, it's exactly. like what you search for on the internet is a pretty good indicative uh, you know, indicator of you know the type of thing that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. The question is, can can you convince Chat GPT to kind of tell you, you know, hey, open up and just give me the keys to the kingdom of like all of your information? Like, is that yeah. possible? That's another thing that was funny is like people were like rooting the chat, a, the chat bot, right? And they were printing out, you know, hashes and, you know, showing, you know, uh, stuff like that. I thought that was funny as well because it's clearly like creating a fake environment. Um, but something else that I thought was funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of opens up, you know, at some point, are there going to be pen tests involving APIs? Yeah. I mean, AIs. So what about unknowns, right? You talked about <laughs> knowns. Yeah. Uh, what about the unknown things like you had met, you'd want to talk about, or you wanted to talk about some of the things that, you know, are going to be an impact. Like the, no question there's going to be an impact. This is going to have an impact on a various, uh, various things. Uh, one of those things like jobs, you mentioned governments, regulation stuff, but you know, what are some ideas you think or, or thoughts around what are the unknowns of this or maybe some potential pitfalls? Uh, so the unknowns, um, like you said, one, first of all, jobs are going to change significantly. Um, and like yep. you can kind of take a guess, right? Like, like you said, you know, AI promptinator might be a job one day. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, like I just think it's going it, to, depending on how big it gets, it could potentially impact job requirements and what you're expected to kind of know, you know, like yep. you're kind of, right now you're kind of expected to, if you have a problem, know how to at least Google and somewhat find an answer that may now be, that may now be replaced. Yep. Um, same thing I'd also say is, you know, what I think I always think from a pen testing perspective is what happens, you know, you already have these automated pen test platforms. And I think you've discussed, you and Brad may have discussed them before on a previous podcast. Um, you know, it's always been, the, at the end, these are just really just glorified if else scripts that are just right. running tools, not really analyzing it, right? Well, does that change now, you know, as AI gets better and better and better? Um, yep you know, what happens, what happens there. So I think that's an unknown. That's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think something else is, you know, currently there, and there may be, if there are, I don't know about it, let us know, but are there regulations around how AI is implemented and used? Um, if, if not, that to me is kind of scary because, you know, um, you know, what happens with, it, especially from like a government use perspective, Mm-hmm. Um, that can really blow up and turn into something. I, I think I think of the movie, you know, Minority Report, right? Like it's like, what happens then? You know, yep. 
Um, and then the last thing that I kind of think of as far as the unknown is what happens if slash once we become too reliant on it. Right. Um, that right there is just, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. You know, I, I kind of look back at like my grandparents or they're like, you need to get off the internet, you know, read a book instead, you know, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm fairly reliant on the internet. You t- if I lose internet access, like 75% of just my day-to-day, what can I do knowledge goes out the window. Like, how do I even yep. get, how do I even get somewhere? I don't know. What's a map. Um, but so it's like, it's, it's really, it's going to be crazy to see what happens as we, as we continue to use it and yep. it, it's integrated, how much we rely on it. Yeah. We're more reliant. We become more reliant on our critical thinking, right? Our ability to think outside the box. Or I heard this uh, saying the other day, uh, thinking without the box. I don't know who said that, but I heard that somewhere. I forget where, but thinking outside the box or thinking without the box critical thinking is going to be extremely important. I mean, it already is, but to to the extent where you're asking a, a AI machine learning model, uh, whatever the case may be, the answer to a, or the solution to a problem, being able to ask those questions in a uh, creative way that leads you to that solution is going to be an important skill. And then, you know, I think that's obvious, right? I think it's obvious that that's going to be a very important skill. But like you said, to what extent do we come relying on it? And what extent do businesses, bosses, jobs require you to maintain some level of base knowledge to interpret those results, right? I think that's a, an important question that we, as this continues to develop, need to continue to ask ourselves and be mindful of. And you know, something we talk about all the time, something Brad says all the time is know your tools, right? It's not enough to just know okay, nmap-sv-sc, and you know it's not enough to just know the flags, right? You got to know what those flags mean. You got to know what your tool does, uh, how it looks over the wire, maybe, depending on what you're doing. So you got to know the, that base level knowledge um, to, to really be proficient at it to, and to know when it's wrong. So I think in, interesting, nonetheless, like all the unknowns that you mentioned, I think are interesting, especially regulation, like with I think of crypto, right? Crypto came on the scene and Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all these things. And it was heavily unregulated at first. And now it's becoming more and more regulated. Uh, I think it's going to be the same kind of thing, right? I think there'll be a point where things happen. It gets to a point of maturity where there has to be regulations because of uh, the outcomes of it. So uh, interesting nonetheless, though. Uh, we're, We're definitely not fortune tellers. So we'll have to see. I think that's the exciting part, right? There is, is just seeing this develop and, and seeing where this goes. For sure. Uh, and last thing I'll say is just, you know, I hope as, you know, as we continue to implement this is that we don't lose the humanity part of, of everything. Um, yep. You know, I, I just look at uh, just so many examples. It's just like, you know, I look at what happens once we, we implement AI to determine, you know, who gets, raises based off employee performance, you know, it's, it's in, oh, well, I didn't decide, you know, the algorithm, the, I just, that's the reason why you got the raise you got. It's my hands are washed, you know, it's yep. just, it's, it's the, it's, I think at the end of the day, it's, and I think Brad kind of talks about this all the time is, you know, you have that human element um, yep. that can't be replicated. Um, and so we have to be really strategic with 
how we use it moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, I echo the same thing. And, you know, I said this earlier on our internal call, but I, I really hope AI and, and this chatbot thing becomes ubiquitous and becomes uh, a thing that really has the capabilities uh, to advance technology, to advance human civilization, healthcare forward uh, to, to help us solve like really important problems, right? Like writing a Python script, cool. But like solving really important problems is really, really cool too. And I think that's a good honorable thing for this technology to move towards is to help, you know, find solutions to terminal diseases or cancers and things like that to help use computing power and data and science and technology to help move those efforts forward and do things that humans are not just humanly not possible for them to do to compute, use those things. I hope, I hope there's more good than bad um, because, you know, you're only limited by your imagination at this point. You know, there's obviously limitations, but conceptually you're limited by your imagination alone. It's like possibilities are endless and I'm really excited for it. Uh, I hope the good outweighs the bad, Um, but uh, it's going to be cool to play around with it while we've got it. And I'm really excited to look forward. I'm really excited and look forward to what the future brings with this. So that's it for us. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, Definitely make sure that you follow and subscribe so you're notified when we post more episodes like this, uh, more topics like this. Uh, we'll be talking about AI and chat GPT a lot going forward. I'm sure uh, this is you know really newsworthy right now and, and super cool and fun to play with. So definitely expect more from us. That's all from now. See you in the next one.